This is SPR, the People's Pod, giving you unfiltered and unqualified content every single week. I'm Cliff, he's Joe. Welcome back, everyone. What's up, everybody? What is up? We have reached the end of the year. Joe, we've reached the end of the year. Nice. There were a ton of stories that happened. There were a ton of things that happened. And we wanted to give you SPR's top 10 sports stories of 2019. Can't believe 2019 is over already. Almost over. But excited to see what these top 10 sports stories are. You know, if it, it does feel really fast. But I think when we go over some of these things, you're going to be like, oh, wow, that was a long time ago. Mm. <laughs> All right. So we're going to do this the only way we know how. We're going to go over each each moment. We rank them top 10 based on what the committee of two people at SBR decided. <laughs> the most memorable. We'll recap it. We'll talk about if it was a big deal. And then we'll see if you will actually remember this in 10 years. And we've equated it to epic A movies a as in the letter a is it avatar is it avengers endgame or is it armageddon joe what is avatar avatar is the second highest grossing movie of all time and i freaking don't remember a single thing about it i don't know what it's about i don't remember anything i kind of remember what they look like i don't remember really who's in it I have like a vague recollection of who's in it, but I can't really remember that well. And like there's no memorable scenes. What the heck is the movie even about? I I have no idea. And yet it made a super amount of money. So this is going to be that sports moment that was a big moment. Avatar was a big movie, but you probably won't really remember it in 10 years. Yeah, we're not going to remember. It's just the details will escape us, certainly. Joe, what is Avengers Endgame? Avengers Endgame is the highest grossing movie of all time, and it's probably like one of the most memorable movies of all time because of – we've talked about this before, but it, there are just so many memorable moments, right? If you're invested in this universe, as many people are obviously since it's grossed so much money, uh, they just gave you everything. You know, They gave you every moment. You've been waiting 10 years for some of these moments. I mean, Cap – Yielding, uh, I mean, wielding the hammer. You know, you had Fat Thor. You got uh, Cap fighting Cap. You know, you have Iron Man moments. You got sacrifices, you know, heroic sacrifices. I mean, there's just tons of stuff in the movie. It's just packed with these little moments, comedic moments, uh, redemptive moments, kind of cathartic moments. And yeah, I mean, I don't think it's a, I certainly don't, I don't think it's the best movie of all time, but it is. Definitely one of the most memorable movies of all time. So when we talk about 2019 sports stories, these are the moments that are going to be very memorable to you in 10 years. You're going to be like, you know, that was a great moment. Yes. And when you see it come up on Facebook, the 10-year anniversary of this moment, you're going to remember it like it was yesterday. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be like, oh, yeah. dude, I totally remember that. That's what you're going to think. And the third contender is Armageddon because we needed another <laughs> movie that started with an A. Joe, tell them why we did Armageddon. So you're like, why is Armageddon on this list? Okay, here's why, guys. Because you don't really remember the plot of Armageddon. Like, obviously, you remember that something, you know, some meteor is coming, some asteroid is coming to destroy the Earth. And, like, you remember Bruce Willis is in it, and you remember Ben Affleck's in it, and you remember Liv Tyler's in it. But you don't really remember the plot points. You don't remember all the little details and 
who each dude is and why they got them for the crew and all that stuff. You don't remember that stuff, but here's what you do remember. You remember how the people you watched it with reacted to it (laughs) because it is one of the great making people cry movies. I remember people would warn people to bring boxes of tissues to the movie. (laughs) Like that's the biggest memory I have of Armageddon. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And I don't really remember even why like people cried. Like I kind of, you know, I vaguely remember like there's some kind of sacrifice going on. But I don't really remember the moments. I don't remember any lines of dialogue. There's no, you know, there are no one-liners that stick out to me. But I do remember how I felt, right? I do remember like, oh, man, that's it's got me right there, right in the feels. And I remember people crying. I'm not a big crier, so I didn't cry. But I do remember how people felt. So this is going to be those 2019 sports stories that didn't leave a lasting detailed impression but you'll remember how other people reacted or the emotional component of how you reacted. That, right. That'll stick with. You might remember somebody's YouTube comment more than <laughs> you remember the actual <laughs> moment. <laughs> All right, let's get to it. SBR's top 10 sports stories of 2019. Number 10, we got Magic Johnson quitting the Lakers at the last minute. <laughs> Just to recap, Magic Johnson quits before the last game of the season abruptly from the Lakers after a three-hour meeting with Jeannie Buss when he was talking about strategy and what they're going to do next year. Jeannie was surprised. (laughs) As were we all. As were we all. He gave a tearful goodbye, and people were not crying. They were confused. (laughs) (laughs) People were like, wait, what? You're just quitting right now at this impromptu pregame interview that you just called together, whatever reporters were like around. <laughs> You're just like, I'm quitting. Guy. Like, I, I can't do it. You got to do it. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's going on? Why? Why did that happen? You know, you know, Stephen A. <laughs> <laughs> Look, let's be real. He just didn't want to do exit interviews. He was tired. <laughs> He didn't want to do it anymore. Joe, was this whole thing a big deal? I think it was. I mean, to Laker fans, I think we'll definitely remember uh, Magic's tenure as the the head of basketball operations and all the just weird drama that it was. It was such a strange soap opera. Like, we wanted it to work out. Everybody wanted Magic to work out. But it just didn't work out. It was weird. We made head-scratching moves. We constructed this very odd team the first year with LeBron in L.A. And the whole thing was just so strange. Like, none of it made sense. And then Magic just bounces at the end of the season just out of nowhere. It was so shocking. It's like, you know, it's kind of like one of those really disappointing endings to, like, this season of a TV show. Like, it was all a dream. It's just, it was weird. You know, I definitely think I'll remember it. I have a question for you, though. Do you think, where do you think we would be right now if that hadn't happened? We would be much worse. Because if you remember uh, at the trade deadline, uh, he tried to get Anthony Davis, but he bid against himself. (laughs) And then uh, Del Demps was like, well, I'm just going to ask for more. And then all of a sudden, manager's like, you're... 
you're being ridiculous. You can't have that much. <laughs> but Del Depps was probably like, well, you were already willing to give me everything. Why not, might as well just give me give me everything. And then Magic Johnson comes out a couple mu- uh, like a month ago saying, you know, if if that Magic John- if that Anthony Davis trade went through, I would still be here as the Lakers president. What? <laughs> you quit? <laughs> This doesn't make any sense. So all of those things, and we've talked about this. We've te- we've detailed this. A president of basketball operations is a full-time job. Magic Johnson was not willing to give it the full-time, his, fu- his full-time. Right. And because of that, he was not qualified to run this job. He just yeah. wasn't. He can be a figurehead. He can be a person that comes in for meetings and be like, hey, I'm Magic Johnson. smile and all that and that's great but he was not qualified to run this position right he just wasn't um joe are you gonna remember this in 10 years uh yes i will remember it i think it's more you know actually i'm not sure i'll remember all the details about it so i'm gonna go more armageddon I'm going to go more. I will remember how I felt and how I was just like, what the heck? Right. But I don't think I'll remember all the little things that happened and everything leading up and how there was drama between magic and Palinka and all that stuff. So I'm just going to go. I'm going to go Armageddon. What about you? I'm, I'm going to go Armageddon as well, because I think this is going to be the pin of the dark era of the Lakers. So that mm. was the last moment. And you'll be like, oh, I remember that. Magic did some weird stuff. I forget what he did. (laughs) But I remember being so confused (laughs) about all of this. Um, But I'm with you. I think we call this Armageddon. Magic Johnson quitting at the last minute. The number 10 moment of 2019. You You know what it is? You know what it's like? It's not because it's not like a, I was trying to think of a finale, but it's not like a finale. It's more like Nikki and Paolo. It's more like something just out of nowhere. You know what I mean, like you're going along. Out of nowhere. Yeah. And it's just like it's the story and you're just following the story. And, and all of a sudden. Wasn't that great? It wasn't that great. Especially at that moment. You're just like, OK, what's going on? Like, what is all this? And all of a sudden, out of nowhere. There's this weird side story that's just like out of the blue. It's just out of left field, you know, and and I feel like this is kind of the story that Magic was trying to spin because he's like, he's like, oh, no, you know, uh, it's been building up, right? There's things being said behind the scenes. You know, there's been like this thing brewing, but it felt cheap, right? It felt like, no, 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 you're just manufacturing this. Yep. <laughs> like you're just creating it. Like when they gave us the flashbacks with Nikki and Paolo and it's like, oh, we've been here. Hey, we've been here the whole time. <laughs> like, <laughs> like remember when they're golfing and like Paolo was there too. And like, remember when Dr. Arntz was there and like Nikki was like asking for like questions. <laughs> it's like, come on. This is this is cheap. Like you're trying to make it seem as though this story goes back, you know, and there are all these seeds that have been planted. But come on, Magic, you just one day woke up and you're like, get me out of here. Like, I'm sick of this. Let's run it. Expose. Let's do it. <laughs> and like Lost season three, after Expose, you got the brig, the man behind the curtain, greatest hits and through the looking glass one and two, which is where the Lakers are right now. That's right. All we needed to do was bury 
Nikki and Paolo alive. That's all we needed. <laughs> she needed to get them out of there. Sorry, Magic. We love you, Magic. But uh, this was not the job for you. I think we can all admit that now. All right. The number nine moment of 2019. Patrick Mahomes wins the NFL MVP. Mm. After a 50-touchdown season, who's the third quarterback to only do so? One was Tom Brady, and the other one was Peyton Manning. Surprisingly, I forgot. Peyton Manning had 55 touchdowns in a season in Denver, not in Indianapolis. Oh, dang. Mahomes was the NFL MVP in his quote-unquote rookie year. He wasn't a rookie because he played one game the the year prior, becoming the best player to build run and potentially the best QB in the league. Joe, was this a big deal? Uh, It was a big deal because Pat Mahomes is a beast. He's going to continue to be a beast. He's going to be the he's the future of the NFL, right? He's one of the players who are going to be the future of the NFL. And honestly, I'd probably put more faith in him even right now, even though, you know, he's had a tough season. He was injured and things like that. Um, Then even like Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson, because we've seen that type of quarterback struggle after having historically good seasons, which Lamar Jackson is having right now. But, you know, we kind of we've seen it with like Michael Vick. We've seen it with like Donovan McNabb. We've seen it with like um, Dante Culpepper. Yeah, Dante Culpepper. Who am I thinking of? Um, Oh, like Cam Newton, you know, yeah, who had a similar like took the took the NFL by storm, won MVP. And then was like he's he can't play now. Like something happened. Really weird outfits. (laughs) (laughs) He's not he's not Gardner Minshew level. I think it was it was just crazy. Yeah, what he did. It's a huge deal because the Chiefs traded their playoff quarterback to risk this all. Yeah. They traded Alex Smith to do this. Yeah. He wasn't proven and he led the Chiefs to the playoffs and fifth threw through 50, 50 touchdowns, touchdowns and became the ESPN darling. He did things like he did the no look pass. I've never yes. seen that in football. That was That's crazy. True. That was crazy. He pa- he, he threw a pass left-handed like yeah. he, he did all these kind of yeah, crazy things. He's got that new Brett Favre flair. The yeah, gunslinger. Do you think Mahomes was better in real life, or like, do you think if you tried to do a Madden season, you would have been better, or Mahomes in real life would have been better? Mahomes was much better. <laughs> Dude, it's hard to get fifty touchdowns. <laughs> so even in a video game playing Mahomes, you don't think you could have done as well as Mahomes did in real life? No, but I think. Your nephew playing as Lamar Jackson could have got 50 <laughs> rushing touchdowns. He could have got 50 <laughs> touchdowns in like two games. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lamar Jackson's not fair. If anybody who works at Madden is listening, Lamar Jackson's stats are not fair. He can't outrun everybody. Okay. He shouldn't be able to outrun anybody. They didn't take the lessons of Michael Vick. Michael Vick. They didn't. They didn't take, take the lessons. Don't he you was know? the most OP character. In sports gaming history, you can't you can't take a, a Call of Duty Modern Warfare player and then put them in the old Call of Duty where they're in World War Two. You got all the future guns and you're fighting against these World War Two guys. It's like that's not fair. And that's James Harden. <laughs> and yet he can't win. <laughs> Somehow, the World War Two guys they band together. <laughs> 
They double team him. <laughs> hey, you shoot from over there. I'll shoot from over here. He can't get both of us. And he passes the gun to it. He passes his machine gun to his friend, and he doesn't know what to do with it. I don't know what to do with this sniper rifle. I'm, I'm Clint Capella. What do I do with this? <laughs> I can't shoot far. No, the- it, they they all have sniper rifles, but then they try to shoot from close. It's like, wait, <laughs> this is a far gun. <laughs> I'm zoomed in too much. I can't. <laughs> in. I can't see. <laughs> Finkelfell's got a sniper rifle, but he's he has a bayonet on the end, and he's charging yeah, yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's how he does it. That's how he does it. it it's it, yeah. It's either knife or snipe. That's yeah. the only thing they know how to do. That's all they. That's no rifles. Snipers with bayonets on the end. Yeah. <laughs> We're talking. Yeah. So Mahomes. <laughs> Mahomes. Mahomes. Dude, he's so good. Will you remember this in ten years? Um, yes. Mm. Yeah, I think I will. I wasn't actually going to say that. Uh-huh. <laughs> I wasn't going to say that, but actually I think I will remember. Uh, I'll remember 50 touchdowns, maybe just because it's like such a round number too, <laughs> because right. it's 50 touchdowns. And because also he had those really memorable moments, like like we just mentioned. Um, I feel like for that reason, I uh, I will remember. And actually, for me, I know why I definitely will remember because I won my fantasy season <laughs> and I had him. So I'm definitely Avengers re- Endgame for me. I'm definitely remembering this. The NFL MVP doesn't actually really mean much. Like how many MVPs? It doesn't. Do you count all that stuff? But to me, like it culminates the season that Patrick Mahomes had, which was just remarkable. I know that awesome. stuff happened in 2018. That was from 2018 season, but he won it in 19. Right. But look, he's destined for greatness. And we're going to remember that this was the beginning of his greatness. You'll remember it. People will remember this. Yes. So that was our number nine moment. Patrick Mahomes being the MVP. At number eight, we got the Washington Nats winning the World Series. Uh. The Nats beat the Brewers in the wild card, the Dodgers, the Cards, and Astros in seven games. It's their first championship in franchise history. Now only six teams have yet to win a World Series title. Mm. Joe, was this a big deal? Yeah, I, I think it was a big deal. I mean, the thing is, the like I had it pretty high only because comparing it to the other moments, like historically, I think it was huge for the Nationals. And... It was, I mean, it was, uh, thinking about it, their run was pretty crazy. Yep. It was an insane run, uh, being the wild card team, and then coming in. Yeah, and, and winning and then, you know, beating the, oh, gosh. Beating, <laughs> uh, beating the Dodgers. Oh, God. <laughs> um, And then, you know, uh, sweeping the cards and then the Astros, like, it was, it was, you know, the Astros in seven games, it was a memorable World Series. It seemed like they were going to actually kind of roll through. And then the Astros came back, even though the Astros are cheaters and we hate the Astros. But it was it was it was crazy. Um, so, I mean, for me, obviously, is it going to be as memorable for me personally? Like, probably not, because I well, I think it will be just in that it was so heartbreaking. 
for the Dodgers because for us, it's the end basically of our run. But uh, I think historically it had greater significance than some of the other kind of things on the list that, that um, you know, were there. When, yeah, I, uh, it didn't really do much <laughs> for me. It was one of the lowest rated, lowest watched World Series. Will I remember it in 10 years? I don't think so. Like, to me, this is like Avatar. There wasn't, just wasn't that memorable to me. Like, what did they really accomplish? What did they really do that was really exciting? Like, uh, not much, really, you know? Yeah, you know, I rank them pretty high just because historically, like, them winning and it's the first time and all that stuff. But yeah, you, you know what? You're right. <laughs> this is just... This is not memorable. I'm not gonna remember. I'm not gonna care. I'm not gonna care or remember in ten years. You're right. I wish I didn't put this on my list at all. <laughs> I regret this. I wish. Uh, I regret this. You know what? You had high that I had low that I probably should have ranked higher was David or- David Ortiz getting shot. <laughs> that was crazy. That was crazy. That I had story was crazy. It was like in my top head. Yeah, I was, my jaw this. dropped. I remember where I was. I was at work and my jaw dropped. I was like, holy crap. That was crazy. That's up, dude. <laughs> that was like, a human story. Not... What did you have? That you had at like at 97 or something. It was pretty low. <laughs> so many other things like, uh, you know, Randall getting a triple double. <laughs> <laughs> Coming in at number seven, Rafael Nadal wins his 12th French Open. How is this only number seven? How is this only number seven, Cliff? Where'd you put this? I'll tell you you why. (laughs) So Nadal, let's recap it. Nadal beats team on the road. On the road? No, on the road to his. (laughs) I was like, on the road? That doesn't make sense. That's his home court. On the road to his 12th French Open Championship, which is the most wins at a single tournament ever Ever. by anyone. So here's some fast facts for you, Joe. The Spaniard Rafael Nadal has only lost his serve 12 times at the French. Oh, my gosh. That is ridiculous. (laughs) He's never lost consecutive matches on clay ever. He's 86 wins and two losses at the French, one Soderling and one Djokovic, which I'm sure you remember. Freaking Soderling. It is the most guaranteed (laughs) thing to happen in sports. Rafael Nadal winning the French Open. Joe, was this a big deal? Of course it was a big deal. Of course it's a big deal. It's the most ever. He already had the most ever, and he beat the most ever. His his record at the French is just ridiculous. Eighty six and two. What win percentage is that? I mean, it's 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 you know it's ridiculous. It's in the you know it's in the nineties, obviously. But eventually he's gonna be like you know ninety eight and two, and then it'll be a ninety eight percent win percentage. <laughs> I was trying to find out how many sets he's actually lost. Surprisingly, tennis stats aren't as available as basketball stats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because they, they're not... People don't go he into only the lost like that. two sets in 2019's French Open. Dude, that's crazy. Is it, a, is it a huge deal? Like, I understand if you don't want to put this really high up in the historical 
context, you know, or in the memorability context, I guess, because he's done it so many times because he'll probably do it again next year. And then you're not you're definitely not going to remember 12 if he gets a 13. But I think in terms of regarding the um, regarding what's happened this year, I would still put it pretty high, uh, but I won't give it an endgame. I'll give it an Armageddon. I think I was really happy for him when he won. And, um, you know, I'll remember that. I won't remember everybody he beat. Like, it's a big deal. Uh, it's impressive. And he also won the U.S. Open this year. So now he's one away from Roger Federer. He has 19 Grand Slams. And he's going to win the French next year. So he'll get 20. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, will I remember this in 10 years? No. <laughs> I remember his eighth really well. Right. Right. You know, like that one, I was like, oh, wow, that's crazy. And here we are, 9, 10, 11, 12 now. <laughs> and it's kind of like, all right, Rafa, I get it. You know, so there's nothing significant. And and his wins aren't that memorable on Clay anymore. His losses no, are way more memorable oh, of course. than his wins. It's so, hard to remember 86 wins versus two losses. Yeah, he <laughs> dominates everyone. So... You know, he dominates Federer. Like, the tennis is kind of unremarkable, really. It's not right. like a lot of back and forth. It's just straight up ob- obliteration, you know? He becomes Sephiroth all of a sudden. And he yeah, just destroys sure. everyone. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. This is like, uh, what what fight is this? It's like Sephiroth versus Eris. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but that's memorable. He destroys someone's career. That's what, that, that'll be memorable. Um, Rafa is like, that's James Harden, except he wins. Except he wins. That's exactly what I was thinking. Rafa on clay is like, that's James Harden, except he wins. 86 and 2. Fireballs across the entire screen. (laughs) Top to bottom. bottom. All fireballs. How's it fun? It's not fun. It's not fun. That's the French. It's not fun. You're right. It's not fun. But for me, it's fun because when you're the one who's winning, it is fun. Yeah, it's true. It I understand fun. that. I understand that. All right. That was Rafa Nadal winning his 12th French Open at number seven. At the number six moment for SBR's 2019 Sports Stories, we have the Antonio Brown saga, 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 saga. <laughs> okay. Just to recap, just to forewarn everyone, we've done this. I know. We said we wouldn't talk about this. We said that maybe three times, but you know what? His saga just keeps going. And the, and before we actually talk about, you know, the what we're talking about, I have to add more to the saga because there's more that has come out. Uh, he wrote a very well-written Instagram post. That was, it says, first and foremost, I'd like to apologize to my family, friends, and anyone who I offended. And it goes on like that for 20 more sentences. <laughs> Obviously, he did not write this one either. Because if we flash back, he wrote a post that said, F the NFL. I'm going down another path. No more making money off my blood sweat. No more control my name and my body. Clear my name. I'm done with it. So you fantasy can let it go. And... Hours later, it was deleted, and then he wrote, I'm just very frustrated right now with the false allegations and slander to my name. I love football, and I miss it. I just want to play, and I'm very emotional about that. I'm determined to make my way back to the NFL ASAP. 
I just really, why the fantasy? <laughs> I just <laughs> don't get it. I don't understand. What did we, what did we do? I want to know what, what fantasy football trolls are like attacking Antonio Brown. Like he must've gotten so many comments <laughs> on his Instagram or whatever on social media of guys just being like, dude, AP, like I drafted you in the second round. <laughs> like, why are you doing this? Like all pissed off, like all cursing him out. I mean, there must be, there must've been so much of that, that he just had to throw that in there at the end. It's just, to me, it's just hilarious. Like when it's so blatantly two different people, it just makes me laugh so much. <laughs> I know. Obviously. He also released a rap track. <laughs> wow. So that's the, that's that's the kind of saga it's who, been. So Joe, who ghost wrote the rap track? Uh, Sean Kingston <laughs> is like he's he's doing it with him. Oh gosh, Joe, Joe was the saga a big deal? Uh, dude, yeah, this this is like one of the best stories of the year. Uh, it is a very memorable. Bad movie. <laughs> this is like <laughs> scary movie five. <laughs> yeah, scary movie. No, this is like going into the level of like Trolls two or like you know those like really terrible movies that are just so bad that they are like like Sharknado. Oh, oh, Sharknado. That's a good one. This is Sharknado. This is the Sharknado of the year. It's just sharks in a tornado. <laughs> that's what it is. But this is like. Sharknado the whole series because you know they made like two and three because they yeah, realized after they made going. the first one it keeps going <laughs> one <laughs> after another after the first Sharknado they're like this is too good for there to only be one we have to make a sequel Sharknado <laughs> two Return of the NATO like I don't it's just <laughs> Return of the NATO. It's no, just wait. ridiculous, right? Wait, 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 wait. I think I gotta look I, I up got, the actual. I, I got the names. First is Sharknado, the original. The original. Then came Sharknado Two, the second one. <laughs> oh, then guys. came Sharknado Three. Oh hell no! <laughs> That's what it's called. <laughs> That's not what it's called. Then came Sharknado, The Fourth Awakens. <laughs> then came Sharknado 5, Global Swarming. Oh my gosh. There's no more. Then came <laughs> the last Sharknado. It's about time. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what's crazy is we're only on like Sharknado 4 right now. <laughs> not over it's not over it's the fourth awakens <laughs> oh i got i have to watch we have to binge watch the sharknado series now oh no we can't do this to ourselves <laughs> that should be some kind of punishment like we should, <laughs> <laughs> we should do some kind of some kind of bet or some kind of voting thing and you got to watch the whole sharknado series and then we're just going to start quoting sharknado <laughs> what if you end up really liking it <laughs> Like, well, you know what? Better than the Avengers. I mean, I got to say, this Antonio Brown thing, I didn't think I'd like it this much. <laughs> <laughs> it's it pretty entertaining. Binge to binge it's like flip-flops so many times. 
I mean, it's it's pretty entertaining. And Antonio Brown, oh my gosh, he's just it's it, it's been interesting. I I definitely think. I mean, to be honest, in ten years, I think I'll be more yeah Armageddon than Endgame. Thirty million dollar question: Will you remember it in ten years? I, I'm gonna go more Armageddon. I think I will remember how entertaining it was more than the the specific details of like the things he said, the things that were tweeted. I'll probably remember that little that little fantasy line because that really stuck with me. I took it personal. But um, other than that, I probably won't remember a lot about this. Uh, but I'll remember like what I thought about it. And I might remember that it was the end of Antonio Brown's career if that ends up happening. Uh, but that's like remembering one or two details from Armageddon. It's not like remembering Endgame. Yeah, I, uh, I vacillate between Avatar and Armageddon for this one. Uh, because I think in 10 years, I'll remember his football play. More than I'll remember this weird saga uh, all the way through. Um, you know what's interesting for me is that already right now, I'm starting to forget his how good he was at football. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm remembering more of this stuff. Because he was a part of the Big Ben, you know, things. So, oh, yeah. yeah you're gonna, I feel like you're going to remember it. Um, ah! I'm gonna go Avatar. I'm gonna yeah. Avatar. I don't think I'm gonna remember. It's it's ten years is too long for more ridiculous stuff to happen. <laughs> That's true. That's true. There will probably be many more episodes like this from other players, <laughs> and you know, a couple more from Antonio Brown himself. Also, <laughs> the Sharknado saga is not over, Joe. <laughs> it's not over. We still have the last Sharknado. It's about time. <laughs> I think I I think we have five and six left. And then probably Sharknado, the actual Sharknado franchise, is going to come out with one more seven. <laughs> one last ride. Sharknado seven. All right. We're going to take a little break, and we'll be back with the top five moments of 2019. We'll be back after this. We're back with the top five remaining moments of 2019. We got to start at number five, Damian Lillard. Game winner. Ooh, Dame Dalla. Recap. Dalla. Just a recap. It was over Paul George. <laughs> it was a three-pointer over Paul over over Paul George for the series where experts picked OKC the six seed over the three seed Blazers. The disrespect. Joe, how memorable was this? Oh, this is super memorable. Okay, this was super memorable. Um. I mean, it was so perfect. That's why. It's one of those NBA moments. It's one of those sports moments that's just perfect. It's like perfectly framed. You know what I mean? As if an actual cinematographer, an actual director was in there and said, hey, this is how I'm going to block it. You're going to be standing here. They're going to be there. You're going to hit this shot. Uh, it's it's written in the script. Then you wave, right? Then you're oh. going to get mobbed. <laughs> Then you're going to mug the camera like you're going to look like this. Like, this is what I do. And, you know, it was just so good. And I remembered Dame's first time when he did that, the series. And because it's a series ending shot. Mm -hmm. It's very hard to forget a series ending shot with all zeros, you know, at the buzzer. 
Mm-hmm. And I remember the first one. I remembered it all the way, and I'm probably going to always remember it against Houston in Game Six. And I'm, I'm probably going to remember this one. I, I know I'll definitely remember this one. I'll remember all the details in ten years. Easy the, Avengers Endgame for me. The memes and the gifs were like just crazy. Like <laughs> the the one where he's staring at the camera, where his teammates are all mobbing him. Yeah, that is going to live forever. Yes, forever. But as a basketball fan, when he waved bye, that was the coldest thing. Oh, my gosh. That was so cold. And, you know, it's so good because there were so many storylines coming in. Like the Blazers were being disrespected. They had been disrespected all season. Dame was still in kind of the disrespected category before last postseason where it was like, and we had said this like a year ago, right? That Dame was criminally underrated. That's mm-hmm. why in the first NBA Avengers, we had to give him Black Widow, yep. who finds a way as a regular human to like hang with these like alien dudes. She she stabs the one dude, like Corvus Glaive. She stabs him. You're like, what the heck? How is she winning a fight like this? Like, how can she hang with these guys? You know, in, in Endgame, she's the one who makes the sacrifice. Like, literally, that's what Dame is doing. And he was not getting his props, not getting his credit. And he had the one-on-one drama with Westbrook. Because mm-hmm. they it had did. beef going way back. And Westbrook had said stuff about Dame. And, like, he had talked trash to him. And Dame is the kind of player that remembers all of that stuff. The whole series, he was just cool with it. Like, he just let his play do all the talking. And he spoke volumes on the court. And so, oh, it's so it's so good. Honestly, this was the cap moment. This was the cap Mjolnir moment of all of last NBA season, right? It's not the most significant moment, but it's for me, it's the most memorable. And it's the kind of the most feel good moment. <laughs> like the like, oh, like, wow, that's the moment for me. It's one of the biggest moments, one of the biggest, like, storybook shots like taunts that have just all happened like all in a row like i remember that entire sequence like so well yeah and i think i will remember that in 10 years to me this is also avengers endgame which is not what i thought i would say but you know like <laughs> even right now i it's like picturesque it's vivid like, right yeah you remember it's very it. vivid i remember yeah. everything and, you know, I remember people debating like, oh, Paul George didn't play that good a defense, which is what I actually said. And you were like, dude, he was so far away. He was really, 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 really far away from the three point line. He was. And he, and he just stone cold shot that. He just shot it. <laughs> he, just shot, he was like 35 feet away. He's he like so really far away. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. It was beautiful. It was, it was beautiful. great. It was great. You know, it, you know, it really is like the cap moment more than any other moment because it's like it happens, right? You're like, oh, it happens. Yeah. And then, you know, there's that little follow up where he's actually like using yeah. the hammer and he's like spitting it around. He hits Thanos. He like calls the lightning and all those little things are like, oh, 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 it's like, you know, on top of it. Yeah. And that's like a, he hits the shot and then he waves. And then, you know, it's like the, he gets mobbed and looks at the, the camera. Cap. Yeah, it's like every little moment. You're like, oh, 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 oh. Like it's it's more and more and more. And it's just amazing. 
And then but obviously, then, yeah. But then if you play the sequence even more, like you know, he loses the hammer, his yeah, shield right. gets broken, like you know, yeah. like all that happens. But yeah. that sequence you will remember I'll for remember. a lifetime. That's right. All right, that was the number five moment. Dame Dalla hits the game winner against OKC and destroys OKC forever, <laughs> <laughs> ruins the franchise. <laughs> Yeah, Westbrook is never a thunder again. He just shot that. He just 35 foot shot that franchise into oblivion. They need to do some. Do they have memes of that where the ball is like a nuclear bomb and the rim is like OKC? Yeah, (laughs) I I want I want the ball to go in and then all the players to turn into draft picks. (laughs) Oh, that's good. Or would would it be better to like change all their faces into their current players? <laughs> so like they change to like Shea Gilgis Alexander and like Hello Colinari. Yeah, Colinari. CP3. <laughs> uh that would be great. Whoever's good at that kind of stuff, <laughs> can you make one of those? Get on that one. The number four moment of the year goes to the NBA free agency of 2019. The frenzy of 2019. Just to recap, Anthony Davis traded for Ingram, Ball, and Hart. Kawhi to the Clippers, plus the Paul George trade. Westbrook traded traded to the Rockets for Chris Paul. KD and Kyrie signing with the Nets. Kemba goes to the Celtics. James Dolan, he got Randall. (laughs) (laughs) Jimmy Butler trade. Al Horford to Philly. And a ton more so many people changed teams joe was this a big deal dude yeah huge deal i think i'm totally gonna remember that this was well i'm saying it and i'm like changing my mind (laughs) (laughs) only because there's a possibility that all these players don't stay with their teams you know in a couple years and if that happens then i might not remember it so much but if a lot of these players do stay with their teams, which actually I would say I, I think the majority of the players will stay with their teams. And if they do, then I would say, yeah, it's a, it's a big deal. I probably will remember it in 10 years. It was pretty crazy. And I do think that the NBA is going to try to change some of their CBA so that this doesn't happen. I know at least that's what the owners want. And so we'll see if that happens or not. If it does happen, then this might be one of the last off-seasons where we see this much movement. There's always going to be movement, obviously. But this much crazy, like all the superstars are moving all at once. And so, or not not one of the last, but like one of the last in a long time, maybe. And if that is the case, then I'll remember it. The level of coverage was just insane. I remember thinking everyone was too slow updating. <laughs> <laughs> like just even though slow. I was like even though Woj is updating like every every like yeah. two minutes or something. Everyone was like, watch, hurry, 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 watch bombs. <laughs> Dude, like it was crazy. Um but I think just like when Shaq was traded from the Lakers, mm-hmm. like that was one move that kind of reset the NBA. This was the death of the Warriors that right. reset the NBA. Similar right. to the to the free agency where LeBron went back to Cleveland, it reset the NBA kind of all over again. And I, I remember, I will remember this for being that. And also if 
Anthony Davis or Kawhi or somebody else that notable that changed hands ends up winning the NBA championship, it could be the pivotal turning point that led to that. So I am not going to give it endgame, but I'm going to give it Armageddon. I'm going to remember how I felt, which was, oh my gosh, all these things that are happening. Shock, 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 shock. And will I remember that Kembo went then? Will I remember that Horford went then? Maybe not. But I'll remember Anthony Davis, and I'll remember Kawhi, and I'll remember Paul George for sure. Mm. Will I remember Katie Kyrie? Maybe. Right. Well, I mean, you don't think you'll remember that, though? Yeah, actually, you know, I, I probably will. Unless, but I guess the question is, if they change teams again, you know, you might not. Yeah, I mean, for me, I think it's more like, like, I don't want to give it endgame because it doesn't, it doesn't reach that level of enjoyment for me. It's not memorable because I enjoyed it. It's more memorable because I kind of just like, I don't know. It, it's different than enjoyment. Like I, you know, you know what I mean? I, like I wasn't hyped for it. Like I wasn't, I wasn't, I just wanted to know what was going to happen. So mm-hmm. there was a certain level of anticipation. Like I wanted to know what was, what it was going to look like after this, but it wasn't like, I was like, you know, like, Oh wow. Like I'm so happy. I don't know. Well, I was happy when we got Anthony Davis, but other so than that, was it how it met your mother? You're just like, Oh, just tell me who the mother is. No, because I wasn't disappointed either. Do you know what I mean? Like I wasn't mad after it. It's more like if it was a movie, maybe I, I would compare it to like a Sorkin movie, you know, like the social network or something like that. Like a lot of quotable lines and like it's more of an appreciation, you know what I mean? And that's kind of how I feel about Sorkin. Like I really appreciate his work. Do I enjoy it as much as I enjoy a lot of other movies? Probably not. It's more of like an intellectual like, oh, wow, like I really like that. You know, and even like off the top of my head, even the social network, there there's so many little things like little lines, you know, like, you know, a million dollars isn't cool. You know, it's cool. A billion dollars, you know, or <laughs> You know, if you'd invented Facebook, you would have invented Facebook. You know what I mean? Like there's there's those little things that are part of it. And do I love it when I watch it emotionally like I would be with Endgame or with certain other movies? It's like, no, but I appreciate it. And I think that's what I'll think about this NBA season. Like I'll appreciate all the moves and all the things that happen. It's like to me, it's like a it's probably like one of those like Academy Award winning movies. Where it's like, you appreciate it, it's great. No, but I think I will actually remember it also. Mm. I think I will remember all the moves. And you will too. Even though you say you won't. It's like, for us, obviously we will. Yeah. Because we're students of the game. Right. And we're going to remember this. We remember all the little moves even from before, right? Less. That's true. Far less significant moves than this we remember. And so you're going to remember this because all of it happened at once. And we're definitely going to remember the details of, for example, Kawhi's move to the Clippers. Right. And how we thought he was going to come to the Lakers. We're going to remember who Anthony Davis got traded for. You know, we're going to remember uh, Katie and Kyrie going to Brooklyn instead of going to New York. We're, I'm definitely going to remember 
that all the Knicks ended up with is Julius Randle from this offseason. Like, I'm never going to forget that, right? Like, I'm always going to remember that. And I'm going to remember that they traded KP for basically nothing. You know, Dennis Randall. They even gave up Tim Hardaway Jr., who's turning out to be a decent player in Dallas now again, <laughs> probably better than DSJ is in New York. And so, and all they got is Julius Randle for that. So the Knicks are terrible. <laughs> My and God. I'm going to remember this. I'm going to remember that this was the offseason that they put all their chips to the middle, <laughs> that they went all in on a gut shot straight. <laughs> and they lost. And then they're like super surprised that they lost. Like, what? And it's like ace, queen, king you know, on the board. And and they're no, it's like it's like ace, king, 10 on the board. You know, and they have like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And they have like eight, nine, <laughs> they're trying to get runner, runner. And they're just like, we can do it. You know, this is worth it. Let's do it. Maybe it's even like five card draw. And they had like ace, two, four, five. Oh, yeah. That's what we had said before about Porzingis. Because, yeah, yeah but, they had a but hand they, already. But, yeah, but they had ace, ace, two, four, five. So they had a right. pair of aces. They had a winning hand that, right. you know. I'm going to take the ace and trade it to get the three. Yes. Which is stupid, and nobody would ever do that except the Knicks. <laughs> and they got us uh, eight. <laughs> Julius Randle. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. That's hilarious. And that's uh, exactly what happened. <laughs> all right. That was the number four moment. NBA 2019 free agency. All right, at our number three moment of the year, Tom Brady's sixth Super Bowl win. Mm. Mm. Joe, if I didn't tell you what teams did the Patriots play on their way to... If I didn't tell you, what teams did the Patriots play on their way to the sixth championship ring? I only remember <laughs> the Chiefs and the Rams. Mm. They, they actually played the Chargers. Oh, nobody, nobody remembers the Chargers ever <laughs> for any reason. And what was the most lopsided Super Bowl ever? Brady does it again. Mm. Joe, was this a big deal? Um, only historically. So again, is it memorable? The actual thing? No, mm. I, I would say Avatar. You know, in terms of that, because I'm not going to remember. I'm probably not going to remember barely any of this. I'll remember it's the Rams because I I picked the Rams as my team. So now they have to be my team. <laughs> and so, yes, I'm going to remember that they beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. And I'll probably remember that they beat the Chiefs in the championship game because it was a good game. It came down to the end. But uh, I think historically the reason that it is significant and probably memorable overall is because it cemented Brady as the GOAT. Yeah. You know, so in that sense, I think it is memorable. In the actual details of the run, am I going to remember it? No, I'm not going to remember it. And, and Brady was like unremarkable in the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl is like one of the boringest Super Bowls ever. Um, I was at a Super Bowl party and it was it just sucks. like – It was terrible. It was It was just horrible to watch. Not only because I was rooting for the Rams, but just because the game itself was just so boring. And so – So slow. It was so slow. It was a punt fest. I was literally playing like Clash of Clans on my phone. <laughs> like 
Clash Royale. I mean, there was like because it just got to that point. There was there was nothing. There was nothing going on, and so like yeah, I'm not gonna remember the details, but I think historically it is significant. Uh, I agree with you. Uh, and similar to what I said about Rafa Nadal is how I feel about this. It's you know it's one of his six championship rings. He has more. Super Bowl rings than any individual player ever, which is ridiculous. It's 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 really ridiculous. And he's solidified as the GOAT. He's the greatest football player to ever play, best individual player to ever play. And he has a chance to do it again this year. Yeah. Like he's just not out of it, you know? And so the Super Bowl wasn't that memorable. Um you know, uh, to to me, it's going to be another avatar. But it was a huge moment in his career. <sighs> but I don't know. I, 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 it wasn't that remarkable for me. I actually think, though, that it is going to be Brady's, like, it's going to be the last thing. It's going to become more significant over time because it's going to be his, like, the shot or... Kobe 60-pointer or, yeah, Jeter walk-off or the Peyton Super Bowl because, yeah, I don't think he's going to get another ring. You know, and there's there's all these reports about the decline of of Tom Brady and the decline of the Patriots. Do I still think that they're going to be formidable in the playoffs? Yes, I do. But would I pick them as the favorite at this point? I wouldn't. You know, and so I, I definitely think there's more of a chance that somebody else wins than that the Patriots win. And... So I do think this is going to end up being the end of Brady's legacy. So it will become more significant over time. But yeah, I agree with you. It's not. I, I don't. I'm not going to remember the details. Should he have? Should he have retired last year? Yeah, I think so. I think it would have been sunset. better. Yeah, it's it's always better for your legacy if you go out on top. You know. I mean, you know what's crazy is that Kobe's legacy would probably be greater if he just retired after championship two. No, after championship five. Uh, I mean, five, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, come on, Cliff. Kobe Bryant won five championships. Did you? I, I only count the last two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, so, uh, which is crazy to say, but I think actually that's probably, it would, I think it would just be greater and people would just say like, nah, like he's better than, like some people would be out there arguing he's better than Jordan and I bet a lot of people would be arguing that he's better than LeBron. Leave them wanting more. Yeah. Because then there's always the idea that he could have done more if he played more. That's what happened to Jordan after he retired the first time. Right. It happened to Jordan after he retired the second time. Right. Did, See, the thing didn't about, happen the third time. Yeah. I mean, even Jordan's legacy would be better if he if he never came back. People assume that he would have won the two that he didn't play in. Yes. But he played in the second one. <laughs> right. Yeah. But it was it was weird because he he only played like the last whatever fifteen games of the season or something like that. Yeah, so I mean yeah, eighteen yeah. games I think. But yeah, I mean that's the thing. Had had he not come back for that second season too, then people would be like, oh no, for sure they would have won those two. Right. You know what I mean? So it always leaves that open, and I just think people remember the beginning and the end, and so that's really hurt Kobe's legacy. Uh Look, it it was it, it's a big deal. Uh, a Super Bowl always is a big deal, but at the Super Bowl the game wasn't that remarkable, and Tom Brady winning a sixth isn't too remarkable. So I'm gonna give it Avatar. So 
At the third moment of SBR's rankings, we have Tom Brady's sixth Super Bowl win. All right. At the number two moment of the year, Kawhi and the Toronto Raptors win the NBA championship. Oh, doggy. They traded DeMar DeRozan to the Spurs for Kawhi. A year after DeRozan signed his five-year max contract. And after a lot of resting from Kawhi, Toronto ended as the number two seed. Mm. They lost to the Magic in game one of the playoffs, but then swept them the rest of the way. They beat the 76ers in seven on Kawhi's game-winning bounce buzzer beater. I think it hit the rim four times over Embiid, and Embiid cried. They went down 0-2 to the Bucks in the Eastern Finals, but came back to win in six. And they beat the defending champ Warriors in six games with KD coming back and getting hurt in game five. Clay getting hurt in game six. And Kawhi becomes finals MVP. Mm. And you predicted the Raptors would make the finals jokingly, and then they won. Well, half jokingly. Half jokingly. It was a hot take. It was a hot take. Joe, was this a big deal? Uh yeah, it was a huge deal. Um Kawhi I think it was a huge deal because of Kawhi's narrative. Mm. You know, everything that was going on with Kawhi, he was previously injured, he left San Antonio in such a bad way, and he got killed in the media. Mm. Right? Like everyone was killing him, everyone was on Greg Popovich's side, everyone was on the Spurs side. And so I think for him, it was one of the best kind of redemptive stories. It was a great redemptive arc for his character, like for the character of Kawhi in the NBA. And he ascended to the best player in the NBA. At least he should have. Like everybody in the media should have crowned him best player in the NBA as soon as he won that championship because he literally carried that team. He put Krillin on his back. On his back. It's kind of like, you know, uh, you know, like when you're when your kid refuses to walk, mm-hmm. you know, like you're somewhere and they're walking around. You're like at the mall or something. Or you're like at the whatever you're at the uh, you're at some kind of amusement park or something. And then they just like refuse to walk at a certain point And you just got to carry them. You know, and you forgot the stroller or whatever. You don't have it for some reason. And you just have to carry them the rest of the time. It doesn't matter how long it is, right? You might be 100 miles from the car. It doesn't matter. You got to carry them the entire way. And that was it. That was Kyle Lowry, man, who was like, yeah, I'm just not going to do anything anymore. <laughs> like, I'm just going to – I just give up right here. I'm going to sit right here. And what are you going to do? You're going to leave your kid at the park? No, you got to pick him up. <laughs> you got to carry him on your back. And you got to take him all the way to the finish line, and that's what Kyle Lowry did. You know, Siakam said, I'll walk sometimes. Uh, Fred Van Vliet was the only dude who was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I'm going to – I've you've been dragging me this whole time, <laughs> like for a round and a half, but I'm going to start running now with you. And it was Kawhi and Fred Van Vliet carrying a bunch of dudes. I think to take that narrative even further, it's like your kid always asking to be carried and then you doing like CrossFit with the kid like on you <laughs> and people are like whoa how are you doing this how are you doing that 
like I, I don't know if I'm getting the stat correctly, but I remember you saying I think it was like six or seven games into the postseason. So they're well into the Sixer series. McCrillin had zero clutch time points. Yeah, and had like zero clutch time attempts. Yeah, he didn't he didn't attempt a shot. Which is crazy. How if that's not carrying somebody to the yeah. end, I don't know what is. And to me, this was a huge deal because nobody, nobody had Toronto except Drake had Toronto winning the NBA championship. <laughs> this is like the Nationals, right? They've never won the championship before. That's one part of it. And secondly, no one was considering Kawhi as best player in the NBA. And here he comes, destroys Giannis, destroys Embiid, and destroys Steph and the Warriors and takes them down. It's a humongous deal. What a do baby was born. Yes. All the stuff that comes with it. Kawhi, the fun guy, comes out. And to me, I'm going to remember this moment in 10 years. To me, this is endgame level for me. Like, When's the last time like a single player carried a team on his back? It was Dirk and the 2011 Mavs. And mm. their glory still resonates with me to this day. And they also defeated a dreaded super-duper team and deprived LeBron of his first ring. Now, I know the Warriors were injured, so they didn't have all of their parts, but it don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> Kawhi did it himself. I mean, for me, I think it's not quite endgame level. I'm definitely going to remember, but I think it's more like Avengers Age of Ultron. Age of Bogdanatron. I think it's <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more because I do think that the Warriors being hurt kind of sours it a yeah. little bit. Like, because the finals weren't, it didn't have the drama of the other rounds. I yeah. think the Sixers series was amazing. That was an amazing series. And it ended on that ridiculous shot from Kawhi. And just the fact that it was all of that and it was a seven-game series and it came down to that one shot bouncing around on the rim and it ended like that. Like, that's amazing. That series had all the drama. But... Uh, I think the Bucks series didn't quite, and I think I appreciate it though. I appreciate how Kawhi basically dominated Giannis. Mm -hmm. Not it wasn't a complete one-on-one -on -one thing. They had the right strategy. They built the wall. You know, they did that kind of defensive thing that we had talked about, and they exposed Giannis's weakness. But Kawhi did a lot defensively to disrupt Giannis in that series. But then when you get to the Warriors, I think. One, the Warriors at full strength definitely beats the Raptors because mm -hmm. I think having KD, KD would neutralize Kawhi. Mm. Having KD there, and I think KD is just, even now, I think KD is a better basketball player than Kawhi. Kawhi mm -hmm. deserves the throne and he deserves the title because you got to be on the court. Like you have to prove it on the court, and because KD was hurt, he couldn't. So Kawhi 100% deserves that credit, but. KD at 100% is better than Kawhi at 100%. I just think that that's just true. And we there's enough evidence to bear that out. Uh, and then the other thing for me is, like one of the things that just tarnishes it just a little bit is that I don't think Kawhi is going to continue to be the best player in the NBA. Mm. You know, and I had said that even when we had this conversation at the end of the finals, do you think Kawhi is going to like 
take over. And like mm-hmm. for me, I just didn't think that because the young guys are coming. Giannis, Luca, even Embiid, you know, even Zion eventually is going to like, I don't even think eventually because I think he'll be good quick. So guys like Zion to a lesser degree, guys like Cat or even like Siakam, like these guys, you think about a guy like Siakam, look at his jump this year. And that guy already has a championship. Like he already mm-hmm. knows what it takes to win a championship. That's pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. And then you still got LeBron, Katie, Steph, um, I have on my list Harden, but should I really include him? <laughs> yes, you should. Fine, I'll include Harden. So, you know, those guys aren't dead yet, right? And I just think Kawhi, he doesn't – he's not dominant enough. I think part of it is the fact that he doesn't play enough games. Part of it is the fact that his game is not quite as complete as a lot of these other guys. You know, and so he's amazing. I still think he'll be formidable in the playoffs. I don't have – faith in the Clippers that they're going to win a championship this year. If anything, I think they've moved down in my mind. The Lakers are one. The Bucks are two. The Clippers are three. Philly is four. That's where it's at for me right now. And so, um, so that takes a little bit away from it. But I'll totally remember it. I'll remember the moments. I'll enjoy it. I just won't enjoy it to the level, like the end game level. I... I think we will see the real Kawhi once the playoffs hit. Mm. That's that's when the Kawhi comes on. He, he right. doesn't care about the regular season. He doesn't care about telling people and explaining his dunk. Like he doesn't care about stuff like that. Right. So I don't even think he cares about being the best player in the NBA. I think right. he just wants to play basketball and win championships. And we will see what that culminates to. And I knew they wouldn't be that good in the regular season. And I think they're going to be a playoff team. And when it gets scrappy, when it gets tough, the team they have is really good. And we'll see what it we'll looks see. like. We'll no, see yeah. what it looks like. I just think right now at this moment, I'm so I'm really excited about this year's postseason. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm excited is because... Parody. Yeah, because we what we haven't seen in a few years is a lot of top guys who are kind of on the same level going at each other. Yeah. Like we haven't been able to see that. When LeBron was in the East, there were no stars in the East. Yep. There literally wasn't a single guy who was even close to LeBron's level. And I'm not saying – like obviously Le- LeBron is a historically great player, but there wasn't even like – he didn't face a, a Westbrook and a Harden and like – you know what I mean? Like just a guy who's in the top tier like on the way. That never happened, not even one time. He, he either faced somebody who was like a puppy or he faced somebody who was like a fake all-star who didn't even deserve – really all-star status. If, if And when they come to the West, you see that. It's like, oh, yeah, DeRozan, it's like a perennial all-star in the East. He comes to the West, he's like nobody. You know, he's like not even significant, not even remotely, right? He's basically, you realize, oh, he's just, this guy's CJ McCollum. You know, they're just like the same guy. CJ's yeah. probably a little bit better because he steps up in the playoffs. And CJ, like, ha- has yet to make an all-star team, right? So, I mean, that's what you see. It's like, oh, so these are the guys LeBron's been going against, you know, pups, rookies, second-year players, or fake all-stars. Now, this year, you're finally going to get to see an Embiid who's been to the playoffs a couple times, a Giannis who feels like he's coming into his own. You know, you're going to see a Siakam who is like a, a cha- has a championship under his belt, right? You're going to see these Celtics players who are – developing and becoming really good players. You're going to see LeBron, Westbrook, Harden, AD, Kawhi, 
uh, you know, PG, like all these guys actually go against each other. And so I'm, I'm excited to see that. And in the West, you're going to see some form of LeBron versus Kawhi versus Harden versus Luka, maybe once, maybe twice, maybe if we're lucky, three versions of one of those battles. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. That's going to be awesome. See, that's what I want. You know, I want epic battles. You know, you Mm -hmm. want Gata, Rock Lee. Like, you want the definitive battles, like, where you're like, oh, that's it right there. Like, I'm going to remember that because it's two high-level players going at each other. Without the overwhelming talent advantage. Yeah, you don't want a domination. You know, you want like, I like I I have yet to see uh, a Sasuke Itachi battle. You know, where it's just like, you know, because you haven't seen that really. Like in the when, last ten years, in, in this the last, decade, in this decade, I haven't seen a single. It's all super when, teams. When have you seen that? You've only seen unfair matchups. You know, like the Cavs were way better than everybody they played until they played the Warriors, who were way better than them. And the Heat, who were way better than everyone. Yeah, so then, yeah, and then when you had the Heat, the Heat were just really way better than everybody, right? And you had that one moment where Dirk (laughs) just came out of nowhere, right? Dirk was like, Dirk's like guy. (laughs) You know, Dirk's like, he just steps up and his power level goes way up, right? And he just somehow finds a way except he won the fight like except he found a way to like beat the unbeatable odds like he found a way to go up above and beyond and actually win the fight which mm. never happens in anime right is there ever a time where a non-main character is like a hero like wins like wins the the battle you know the no, no. where only they're overpowered yeah only, only main characters do that right it's always yeah it's always the main character only fits the narrative yeah they they call it the on on like Naruto forums or whatever anime they they call it plot new jutsu. <laughs> the the strongest jutsu is plot, <laughs> right? Because <laughs> nothing can defeat plot. <laughs> All right, that was the second moment of 2019. Kawhi and the Raptors winning the NBA championship. And the number one moment of 2019 that you guys have been waiting for, Tiger Woods wins the Masters. Oh, my God. Congrats, Tiger. It was amazing. After an 11-year drought, Tiger Woods wins not any major, but he wins the Masters. I didn't realize it was that long, man, 11 years. And he's a historic frontrunner in all... 14 of his previous majors, he led after 54 holes. This Masters, the one that he won, he was down by two. Trailing Francisco Molinari, who outdueled him before, the year before, and he beat him. He came back to win. Clutch style. Yes. Joe, was this a big deal? It was the moment. It was the moment of 2019. And going over this list, it's kind of like, a lot of the moments are just kind of okay. Yeah. To me, the other moment for me, the other moment that I'll really remember that we've talked about is like the damn game winner. Yeah. That's it. You know, that that's really gonna be etched into my brain. This is the other moment, man. Tiger Woods coming back after what he's gone through, after the 
the car accident, you know, after <laughs> yeah. everything, like with the women and everything, you know, like all the stuff that happened, this guy's fall from grace. He was the golden boy. He brought a level of attention to golf that has never before been experienced that had previously not been experienced. And look, after he left, dude, nobody cared about golf. Like they tried really hard, honestly. Yeah. And it was like, no, there's still Rory. some guys. Yeah, yeah, there's Roy McElroy. There's like, there's still some guys with Jason Day. You know, there's like these guys like pay attention. But it's just, it wasn't the same. Everybody knew it wasn't the same. And when Tiger started making a run at the Masters, it was like, dude, it was that moment. It was pandemonium. You know what I thought of? It was uh, what I thought of was how I felt at the end of uh, Star Wars Episode Two, mm. when uh, Yoda walks in and he's got the cane, you know, yeah. and it's like drops it, and he drops it, and then he uses the Force to like flip his, his lightsaber, lightsaber out. It was I like I didn't that. even know his lightsaber was in there. He, nobody knew. <laughs> nobody knew. Right. And you had never, ever seen Yoda in battle to that point. Right. Mm -hmm. All you knew was he was like an old man because in the obviously the first trilogy, he doesn't do any of that stuff. And then he starts flipping around and he's like doing this kind of like crazy. And you're just like, what the heck? You know, he's it, we were all convinced he was this old man and he had no ability, you know, left already. And. He just busted out. I mean, Tiger Woods, first time coming back, like ever. in a comeback victory ever. Yeah, he was always a front runner. And he always, you know, a lot of times he had that advantage of his reputation. He had that advantage the of his better own, advantage. Right. His gravitas. Right. And then guys would be scared and they would fall down the stretch, you know, and guys were pretty close to him. They're like one or two shots behind. All of a sudden they're hitting it into the water. Like all of a sudden they're dropping completely out of contention. And he had to do it differently this time. And it was awesome. To me, you'll always remember the last one. Mm. You remember the historic goodbyes. And if this is his last win, you're going to remember it as one of the goats of all time. And, you know, do you think it is the last? He's never going to win another. I think poetically it probably will be mm. the mm. last gasp, the masters. Pro probably, probably. I don't know enough about golf, but who's coming, Who, right. who's around. If there's a Luca, if there's an Embiid, if there's a Giannis, I don't know. Mm. But uh, from what it seems, this 11 year gap and he, he's failed to like the, it's been so bad, like horrendously bad. Right. He like he's qualified. been missing cuts. Yeah. I mean, he's, yeah. Yeah. He hasn't qualified. It's not he's... like he's close. This was like it all came together at once for him and, and, it, and it happened. So I don't think he'll come back to win another one, but it's okay. It, what, a, what a great, remarkable win it was. I mean, it's incredible to go out with a major win. You know, that's huge. That's huge. And it's not the thing about this is like it's not like it's it, it is like the shot. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's not really like any of the other ones because he was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's a championship. You yeah. know, it's not it's not like just some random game or it's not like, you know, the Peyton Super Bowl where 
He sucked. He sucked. Yeah. And same with even Brady's last Super Bowl, right? He wasn't great. He didn't throw a touchdown. Yeah. You know, it's like, but the shot, that's the one. That's the only one, right? The Jordan, the Jordan. last shot where he it culminates in a championship. He goes out on top, right? And although Tiger Woods is not at the top of the sport, but winning a major, that's huge. And so if it is the last, I, I honestly don't know. I don't know if this will be the last because golf, I don't see, I don't see anybody dominating golf. You know, like it, that era is kind of over. Like they're not, Tiger was, you know, one of the, I mean, he was the last generational player and now we're back into this kind of, there's pretty much parody. And of course there'll be another guy someday. I just don't see anybody like that right now. And so I, I do think there will be chances, but if this is the end, then it's a, it's an amazing end. And that was our number one moment of 2019. Do you guys agree? Disagree? Let us know. After that, we'll be back with our two for the road to close it up. Stay tuned. All right, we're back two for the road with our one for the road. We're going to give a special shout out and I'm going to turn it over to Joe for the special shout out. Yeah, we just uh we wanted to give a shout out to our friends over at the Podfellas Entertainment Podcast. Uh, each week they do a movie or TV review and then they go a little deeper into a related topic. So, for example, uh, recently they did a film review of The Irishman. Have you seen The Irishman, Cliff? I saw that it was three hours and 40 minutes long. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, I cannot. 210 minutes. Uh, it's on Netflix. Longer than Endgame. <laughs> longer than Endgame. De Niro, Pacino, Joe Pesci. All-star uh, cast. All-star cast. Yeah, Scorsese. And then, so for example, they reviewed The Irishman and then um, they had a discussion about their favorite Scorsese moments. So I actually haven't seen The Irishman yet. I do want to watch it. Uh, you know, uh, Boomy and I want to watch it together, but haven't caught it yet. But actually, I've listened to the episode and um, I still enjoyed it, even though I haven't seen the movie. Yet. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I guess that says a lot for their pod. Uh, I've known Myron, one of the co-hosts, uh, a long time we go way back really glad he's doing this uh, it's a perfect medium for for him because he has a lot of movie and tv knowledge and experience he's he's really talented guy talented writer videographer editor musician and um i, I really enjoy their pod it's it's you know they just started um and just to give you kind of a, a flavor they're basically they're similar to us it's like two guys talking about except they're talking about movies and TV. Uh, it's like slightly more mature than us, <laughs> slightly more professional version of us giving. That's not a more... high bar. That's not <laughs> a high bar. <laughs> it's not a high bar, but you know, you still want to be fun, right? Like they're still fun and they just give a little bit more legitimate <laughs> kind of reviews of movie and TV. It's not as off the rails as um, our pod. I really, I've enjoyed it. I've actually listened to all their episodes. Uh, they talked about Christian Bale in episode one. And um, they they did this whole thing about <laughs> they just came up with this metric where they're like, does he go full bail in this movie? Did he go <laughs> nice. full bail? Did he go half bail? You know, and then they're like defining what that means. It's 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 fun. It's an it's an entertaining, interesting podcast. If you're looking for something uh, kind of more in the entertainment, strictly in the entertainment, TV, movie reviews, and then they they break down like an actor, director, something like that. 
Um, once again, it's called the Podfellas Entertainment Podcast. Friends of our podcast, we're building a little little network here. <laughs> Friends, um, fledgling pod just getting started uh, in the biz. They're not veterans like us, Cliff. We actually are veterans. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 actually say the the second hurdle. The, so the first hurdle is seven episodes. The second hurdle is one year. Wow. It, it, have we hit our one year? We've hit our one year anniversary. Dude, we've hit our one year anniversary. We didn't even do anything. Where's the? We're where's doing the it there? next week. Oh, okay. next we're, week we're doing our one year episode. Good tease. Good tease for yeah. next week. We're teasing it. We're teasing it, and the extended deep cut. If you guys didn't know, <laughs> if you guys didn't know, we do a deep cut. It's an homage to the Avengers extra credit scenes. And sometimes we tease the next week's episode, and we'll do that this week. Very rarely we do that. But to finish this off, please check these guys out. Again, that's Podfellas Entertainment Podcast. Give them a review. Let them know SBR sent you. That way we get the credit. Because <laughs> that's no, what no, we're all about. This isn't monetized. There's no, there's no payment here or anything. There's no, I'm just saying, you know, just check them out. Check them out. All right, thanks everyone for listening to People's Pod. Subscribe, like, comment, share, rate, five stars. We'll be back next week with more nonsense. This is SBR with Cliff and Joe. Peace. Peace. So we're going to tease next week's episode, which is our one-year anniversary episode. And we're going to do best of SBR year one, listening to our favorite clips, and we'll react to it. What are some of the clips? We got me falling off the chair. <laughs> That's the best. That was the best moment ever. That, that was a pretty epic one. Uh, our hatred of how I met your mother is a good one. The birth uh. of Krillin. Mm. If you if you guys want if you guys wonder where the birth of Krillin came, we should do the birth of Orochimaru too. LeBron I was Sama. Look, I was looking for that one. I LeBron was like, where, where is that? We gotta find LeBron Sama. We gotta find Snow Leopard. We gotta we gotta dig it up. Snow Leopard is a good one. We did a huge community one, which was super funny. Yeah. To us, there might even be stuff you. that that's been cut just for time. That oh, that wow. might insert back in. So wow. This next one will be the last episode of the year, which is going to be our recap. So help celebrate one year of SBR and ring in the new year with us. Thanks for listening, guys. Thank you, guys. See you guys next week.